One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, if you want more from us, then please do consider checking out Red Men Plus as a club legend. That is the top tier that gets you extra perks and benefits access to our exclusive club legend Discord chat. It will also give you free merchandise every year and a whole host of bonus features. Get involved on our club legends show. You can be on a show with the cast and crew of Red Men TV every week and a whole host of extra bonus perks as well as all the usual brilliant videos and podcasts go to redmenplus.com and sign up as a club legend hello everyone welcome to the redmen tv podcast the hall here i am with chris page and steve plunkett for this one no paul he's off doing comment on computer games um i've made that sound really really like degrading and I'm sticking with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing he's doing. So yeah, if you, you're stuck with two Steves and a Payjack down there as well. Hopefully you'll enjoy this one. We are going to be speaking, of course, about the takeover news with the interest of various consortiums. One in the Middle East, one in Europe, and one in America as well. Obviously a global reach for Liverpool Football Club, and therefore there's global interest in buying Liverpool Football Club. Also want to speak about the players getting back together, and I'm going to, in Dubai rather, and I want to focus mainly on Luis Diaz, the return of Luis Diaz, who is now, according to all reports, fit and ready to go. How that's going to impact Liverpool in this second half of the season, the business end of it. Liverpool have done all right-ish since he went out. Uh, what's he going to bring to the table and all that? But first, got a couple of, well, one very, very, very quick announcement. Um, as you can see, I'm wearing one of our Christmas jumpers here. If you want to get any of our items from Redmen Mayor, and you are in the UK to guarantee delivery before Christmas and this is a change uh, you need to have your orders in by Wednesday midnight yet yeah, there's a lot of industrial action happening in the UK and we are fully supportive of it and we fully understand the reasons why but obviously it's having a knock-on impact on the supply chain yeah so if you want to get any of our jumpers sweatshirts or anything and guarantee delivery before Christmas in the UK you need to get those orders in before midnight on Wednesday redmenmerch.com if you want to do that for it's vitally important because it's, it's a change to the messaging that's gone out recently so yeah don't blame us now I've told you just quickly, Wednesday the 7th of December at midnight, just in case anyone's watching it after the fact. You got Wednesday the 7th, yeah, midnight, Wednesday 7th. Make sure if you want to get it before Christmas for a present for yourself or someone else, yeah, go and get those one in. Right then, before we start, guys, we've got a kick-off questions from Ian Young. Um, he's obviously in our Discord, Ian's a contributor to the show on numerous occasions. For this was an interesting one, he says, um, if you went missing, what would be more embarrassing if, if someone found it? Your internet search history or your iTunes library? Chris Pajak. Cover me tracks pretty well, so take your pick. I have a little private browser for when you're buying your wife a gift. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to make you want to make sure that she doesn't discover what you've found her. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't have iTunes, so. Well Spotify then or don't have Spotify. You got one of them. Tide? Tidal. Tidal. Yeah. Would you be happy with someone finding your music's all right though? You're I I'm confident in my selection of music. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, you're, you're it's like... heavy on the crooner at this time of year, obviously. 
It's a bit boob like heavy. Who isn't? This is his time to shine, boobs out. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. I think, uh, no, you could, I, I could tell you the bands that listen to, i show you how I wear the t-shirt. I was about to say, because people, people often comment on your t-shirts and like, oh, they're a cool band. So obviously there's, and I don't know who these people are. So see, both of these for me are risky. I'm with you on the internet search history thing. I'm pretty good at covering my tracks. Claire's got no idea the gifts that she's getting for Christmas. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but the Spotify playlist. The, the, I, this is what happens. We share one between the family, so me, the kids, and Claire have all got it, so we can all see what each other's listening to. So I get in the car and start pressing play, and like the Disney playlist comes on or something, or like the Encanto musicals on at the moment. Like, yeah, yeah, Fine. of course. But I okay, Steve. No, but what I'm saying is, I could get away with it because you think, was that Steve listening to that, or was it the kids? <laughs> and if it's Katy Perry, it was probably me, and it was Taylor Swift, it was probably me. But I've got a little girl, so they might put the blame onto her. But yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm good with this the internet stuff, so I'm going to say probably the spot. I was a bit more embarrassed if they found out it was me. Steve, I'm kind of with Chris. The, the internet thing is a given for all blokes, isn't it? So don't need to worry about Honestly, that. Honestly, it's, it's like it's like the first man lesson you've ever learned is how to put your private browser on. It was like straight away. Straight. <laughs> yeah. And, and pre-private browsers, it was make sure that you clear that history out every day. That, those, <laughs> those cookies and that cash have got to go. It's when, you, when, you, when you're about to go onto hotmail.com, which one next day, and it goes, hot, that's a risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That HOT is a big old risk. Did you see someone did it in a, 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 I saw it on Twitter, the other day it was on like for, uh, it went viral and it was like I went on to a private browser because I was doing a work meeting and I automatically typed pornhub.com <laughs> and he was like he was doing a, like a speech on zoom to like a hundred odd people or something in his <laughs> just work muscle memory. just because it was muscle memory of going wow. on to private browser and then fully typed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. You're going to type hotmail.com hot and you end up in like hot women. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, the music side of it is, is music taste is all right. No Taylor Swift and no, no Katy Perry in there. Sorry, Please Steve, don't insult either of those women. I'm not going to. If that's what you like, that's what you What's like. What's your music taste? Um, I don't think we've ever got to know this. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of chili peppers, Foo Fighters really? and all that stuff. I've just yeah. been like, like 50s stuff, like a bit of jazz or something. I can't. I'm, I'm fuming we'll with the, I'm fuming with the chili peppers. I'm, I'm not speaking about the chili peppers with anybody. Because they cancelled but they cancelled that gig on the day of it when we were driving up to Glasgow and I got an email yesterday saying they finally rescheduled this was a gig in July that they cancelled on the day when me and my wife were about to drive up there to Bella Houston Park um, so we never bothered going get an email yesterday they've rescheduled it 23rd of July next year didn't get my money back all that type of stuff I've got one plan next year and that's my summer holiday which starts on Dun, 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 the 23rd of July <laughs> next year. I'm just absolutely, I can't even listen to them at the moment. They're one of my favourite bands. We're going to sell them. I'm going to have to. Yeah. Steve might have them off your bio. I'm going to have to talk to you about that. Hand them back. I thought you'd be into like the war songs. We, you know, from VE Day and all that. Oh, Steve, <laughs> don't be, don't be like that. <laughs> what are you doing? Him? Is this ageist? Yeah. Get in. Sound. Speak to HR. Yeah, I am. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> We're looking at you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's only ten years between me and, say, Chris, for instance. Oh! <laughs> well, Why are you shot firing shots over here? No, I'm. I'm. He's he Vera Lynn. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just, just caveman banging stones. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Steve. No, I'm music taste right. Yours is actually yours. We've had. This is better than yours, Steve. Hundred percent. Yeah, for you. Listen, I like a bit of pop music. There's what it is, sounds whatever. Um, and we move. 
we move on. So yeah, apparently it's my Spotify, and yeah, we are very clever. We, were, we had a funny comment there um, from CFM200. Says cheers for the reminder, there, lads. Just clear my search history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got you back. We got you back. We got you covered. Absolutely, there. Yeah, no problem at all on that one. Right then, what are the people here for? They're here for hot takeover tour. Do you know what's interesting? Sorry, before we move on, if you ever go, like we, sometimes you have to do it here for, for like you need to go on an incognito browser, and you do need to explain that to women, but you never need to explain. It to a man, <laughs> they are all like, Yes, aunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. A woman's like, What do you mean? <laughs> and then yeah, What are you question. talking about? Yeah, yeah. Just that's put, a loaded put it onto question. a private voucher. All the producer lads are like, Yeah, no, I'll do it straight away, straight to the top left corner, private browser. I do it at home. Claire, don't, don't the kids share the phone, don't let them see. She's like, Watch this. I don't know how to use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, it's up there with like things that you learn. It's like, but no one ever taught me that. It was self, self-learned. I do remember the, the app. Apple advert was like um, now iMac now contains private browser and it's like his wife walks in when he's shopping and he's he's got he's on like the Ring website and he, and he just takes her off private browser like yeah fuck off that advert needs to be some fella just you yeah. know yeah, yeah you know exactly yeah. what that was all about said. yeah and upset said. right then we are going to talk about the takeover stuff now and obviously the interest in Liverpool before we do so a lot of this comes on the back of David Lynch's article of course. Um, after he wrote that article, pretty much well, literally the day after yesterday, at time recording, we we got we got Dave on on Zoom, basically got him on a course straight away. We want to do a show with him on, over on RedmenPlus.com. Um, so yeah, before we talk and get to get context and all this stuff, here's a clip from that interview with Dave, where he gives a little bit of info on what, where he, what he learned and where he got it from, and then we'll come back to talk about it. Just yeah, see you in a second after this. You know, the conversations I've had is that there's a confidence within that that particular bid that. It would withstand scrutiny. Um, uh, you know the, the identity of the bidders and, and the whole package as, as a whole. They, they believe that you know, particularly given the way that Newcastle went through, that they think that this bid would, uh, you know, would, would withstand that scrutiny and would, would get passed by the FA. I suppose the the proof is in the pudding in terms of whether that actually happens or not. Um, but yeah, like I say, that they are confident in this moment. But it, it, you know, still. A lot of hurdles to clear before we even get to that stage of of you know the the, the fit and proper owners test and and, and all those situations. Um, but yeah, we, we were a long way from that. But they're, yeah, they're, they're, they they do believe that it would pass it at the moment. Yeah, and the article also mentions several of the groups, and I guess we're kind of on this merry-go-round at the moment, where more information is going to present itself on these, and that'll be the headline story for the for that week and so on. But it was the first time I'd seen mention of a coalition of German investors. Um, what what's your understanding on that? Yeah, again, very sort of private and secretive. Don't want to put the name to anything just yet um, because they don't want to be made to look like fools if they don't get it over the line. And I, you know, totally understand that. Um, we just, it was one that sort of caught me by surprise. You know, you think with the money that's involved, you don't automatically think that it's going to be European investors would get involved. And you know, it's usually I would have gone down the route of thinking that Americans would be would be all over this, and then obviously you would get that Middle Eastern interest, and that that's no surprise. But yeah, um, some some German interest there as well. I wonder whether part of the appeal is is the presence of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. He's he's such a huge icon over there. Um, although you know, I, I doubt anyone's just buying it just for that reason because you know, costing an awful lot of money to just just because you want to be yeah, Klopp's boss, I suppose. Um, but yeah, an, an interesting one. Uh, the way it was put to me is that that bid is sort of slightly further down the line than the others. Um, you know, that package is a little bit more ready, prepared to go into FSG, um, which is interesting. Um, but again, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that one pans out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. There you go, that was our interview with Dave. Of course, you broke that story late on Sunday. I got tongues are wagging, WhatsApp groups were everywhere, the Twitter sphere was going absolutely mental. Just let you know if you want to check out that interview, we are doing a free month code. I took the executive decision yesterday uh, in absence of porn because I was on the live YouTube show at 9 pm and that code was meant to end yesterday, but I've took the decision to extend it till tonight uh, at time recording. 10 pm tonight is, is what we're going to do. So if you want to use that code, head on over to uh, redmenplus.com. You'll see the big yellow button there says join today. If you click on that join today, uh, and then select this monthly £5 subscription, the club captain subscription. You click on that, enter all your details, you'll get taken to a payment screen. Enter the code HO HO HO. Hey Joe, hey Joe, hey Joe. Press apply and you'll get it free for that first month. So you're going to go and check out the entire interview with Dave. Where he gives a little background on in terms of where he got his story from, who he's spoken to, that kind of stuff. So really, really fascinating. Thanks very much today for joining us. And yeah, go and check it out. It's completely free and you'll get it. Yeah, all and as well as all the other amazing content that's there. You can go and check that one out. Um on that one, Steve, he mentions this drunk Saudi Qatari bid. Um, the, the, what he was at pains to mention, Dave, and he wrote this in his article as well, and I, the, I understand there's grey areas to this, but what he said was, the, this consortium, it's legit, it's 100% true, and they are confident that they'd fit, they would pass the fit and proper persons test, not only because they've got not to hide, basically, but also, you know, the Saudis do over Newcastle, obviously conflict of interest and stuff, because these are private firms, mm. they're quite happy that the, they would pass that. Now, the article does mention, obviously, in the, the, there's an intertwining with government and stuff, but really, they are separate companies. Now, I think we we as a collective, we don't speak as a collective on Redmen, we are individual people, but I think the, the majority that has always been, I'd rather not be state-owned, like, it, it, it wouldn't sit right with us. Just the fact that this is a private venture, I, I, I think that is quite significant in that... It, it, it might not appease everybody, like I say, the, the intertwining of government as well, but it does feel like that is a significant step. That, like, personally, for me, I'm much more comfortable with, with mm-hmm. that than I would be being a state-owned football club. Are you in the same boat there? Yeah, I am. It's kind of one step removed from the, the state-owned thing. People will still go and dig. People will still go and find out who the people are behind the consortium 
and there'll be a bit of rival fan base stuff which you're going to get anyway but but I'm more comfortable with that because we don't have to take into sort of a civil rights issues and things with a bit of private investment company and I would assume that these guys will come together and build a company to buy Liverpool Football Club and trade as a new company with a, with a board of directors which are essentially is the consortium so in in that regard I'm more comfortable with it I don't want to go through what Newcastle went through so if, if it comes across as a private investment and I'm sure there's layers to that which people will get into then I, I am more comfortable with the, the that with that than the Newcastle model yeah like I say I suppose because the Saudis do own Newcastle it, they are, there has to be a clear you know a separation in it Chris got a comment here actually from Robbie D on the um, on my screen and he, he basically said I find it strange that interest is no more than a list of countries until parties are named it's no more than hot air and this was explained by David as well Chris and I found this one fascinating how, how billionaires think was that they don't want to put their name to it because someone's going to lose out and billionaires don't like being embarrassed in public that they've missed out on a deal so they're only going to name themselves when you are but basically when names start coming out that's when you can sense that something might be close because yeah, they, they, they really exist but they don't want to put their name to what is offensive you know a failed bid for a football club it doesn't look well upon them I think we saw that um, in the past with Chelsea stuff, actual names coming out and then they, they end up getting them looking like idiots which is mad because they're billionaires and, and they're rich and who cares but that's why it might take a while for this one to start getting names and stuff but it does feel like the process is moving on rather quickly when you know it wasn't that long ago in the Boston Globe who was essentially owned by John Henry put a you know Liverpool might be interested in a partial sale. It's only days later now that there are three consortiums looking to buy Liverpool. It does feel like the wheels are starting to turn relatively quickly on this. Yeah, it does. And I'd just like to go back to the first point that you asked there about the, the state ownership and stuff, to be honest, because I, I know my opinion's different to, to your guys. Uh, I think on the surface of things, I think it's better to be owned by a private investment company than it is by a state. Um, I would question whether that's the truth, personally. I think the pessimist in me would suggest that, well, the Saudi Arabian government can't own another football club in the Premier League, therefore private investors have been set up such that um, they'll be able to own it. I don't know about whether a Qatari government could own something in the Premier League with them owning PSG. I don't know whether that would be against the sports and regulations in terms I, I of the Champions yeah, League and stuff Champions like that. Yeah. So with two states already owning two football clubs and two of the biggest leagues in Europe, then my question marks is this is only we're only a couple of years removed from Saudi Arabia and Qatar not getting on at all. Um now all of a sudden, um when there is potentially an opportunity to sports wash, something to come together. And I know their relations have been good and I don't I am not an expert in, in their things. I'm just telling you my opinion from mm -hmm. Liverpool Football Club side of things. Uh, and the pessimistic view would be that you could potentially sports wash again through private investors. Uh, and that's something that I think, you know, at some level will come out if the people are therefore named. Yeah. And that's something that I think we need to be wary of as Liverpool fans. Yeah. Um, such that, I mean, Dave mentions in his article that there are links to the governments in the, both of those companies. That That's a red flag for me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but until people are named, nobody's going to know one way or the other. Yeah. And this isn't an argument, this isn't a debate, this is an opinion yeah, and yeah. just that. Um, so my concerns have not all been allayed. Yeah, absolutely, and it makes make perfect sense until, until names are named. Like I say, City technically aren't owned by the, the state, are they? It's just that there's a member of the royal family who's involved, so it, does, it can it can be like intertwined, you manipulated. Are, yeah, a little bit as well, and we'll see how it all pans out. But going back to the second one, Chris, though, it does feel like we're getting, I know, I, I title this podcast, the consortiums are coming, because it does feel like there are groups who have, it's been out there for a few weeks now, 
whether they knew in advance, I'm sure there was, you know, I don't, again, I don't know if there's a billionaire's WhatsApp group or whatever, but I'm sure there was, there was noise on the grapevine that, oh, by the way, Liverpool might be for sale here. It feels like, and again, it was the German bid that apparently is the most favourite along them as well, but it does feel like we're, we're at a stage now where, yeah, this is this could be something that is not, not, not quick as in rushed through, but like, by the summer, Liverpool could be owned by a new... I thought it could take years, because, again, FSC aren't desperate to sell, they're just trying to make as much money as they can and whatever, and who knows what that means, but... It feels like this. It, yeah, it's it's real. Like it, it could I mean, happen very quickly. It, it could do, of course. It could. I think you know we've seen with Newcastle that it, it can take longer than you think. But then also a lot of that was the, the again going back to the relationships of BN Sport and links to the government. And as soon as BN Sport became available in Saudi Arabia again, it, it went through. So like there's diplomatic ways of where you're getting through this, isn't it? So you're, you're right. Something could come up where actually it turns out you're you're too close to a government to be involved or whatever so yeah you are right it could that that the red tape could hold it up but in terms of interest bids on the table FSG accept and I'm not surprised about that because Liverpool and Manchester United as we discussed last week are two of the biggest properties in mm-hmm. world football that are up for sale somebody wants to get themselves what they consider a bargain long term yeah. you know and FSG want to get themselves what they consider good money for for their investment mm-hmm. um it feels like now's the time to buy, doesn't it, in, in, in that regard? And, you know, while Liverpool are still close to the top, while Liverpool have still got an opportunity to get into the Champions League and all that type of stuff, it just feels like by the summer, I think you're probably right. I think it could well be, barring red tape, wrapped up. Yeah, and, and Steve, the, the interesting one, obviously, the, the, a lot has been said about the Saudi, Qatari uh, bids. I think, again, a, a lot of intrigue about that one, but the article did mention as well, like two, at least two other parties. One's an American consortium, one's the German interest. And like I say, this German interest is apparently further down the road. I'll be honest, when I first saw Liverpool are going to be up for sale, my immediate thinking was the Middle East or America. Yeah. I didn't really consider Europe. I didn't really consider England, like an English billionaire buying Liverpool. Um, I mean, again, might, that might turn out to be false and there might be someone down the road but I didn't even consider interest from Europe but again it does go to show what Chris mentioned before the pull and power of Liverpool Football Club to be involved with this football club's huge who knows like for the German like obviously we've got a, a, a great German manager the connections with Liverpool run deep with Germany we did the documentary of it for God's sake there are links all the way through it but yeah that one took me a little bit by surprise I don't know what your feelings were when you read that uh, the obvious thing is Far Eastern America because of the relationship FSG have got with the likes of Stephen Paliuka and people like that whose names have been mentioned um, the German thing doesn't well it does come as a surprise but then we've got a very good German manager so there's an association there straight away and, and as Chris said and, and you have said also Liverpool is is arguably one of the biggest top three clubs in the world three or four clubs in the world so the, the kudos have been able to say I own Liverpool Football Club these things don't come around every day do the opportunities to buy these clubs this is you know this is an institution in, in football the, the biggest money making sport in the world and there's an opportunity to get involved with someone at the level of Liverpool so I would imagine people have looked at it from, from far afield from many different regions and thought now's the time now's not the time let's get something together and you know by all accounts the German bid is from a guy who's a Liverpool fan and, and, and kind of that's what we want isn't it someone who's a fan that buys the club because they're invested and, and, and it becomes a labour of love and the things they do are done for all the right reasons as opposed to, OK, so I'll buy it for three. How quickly do I get it to four or five billion before I think about what I want to do with the club? You sell it to a fan, that fear dissipates a little bit, doesn't it? Depends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it could do, absolutely could do. The, three, the 3.2 billion was interesting, Chris, because as Dave put it, he, his source is telling him that that's actually more of a starting point. He expects it to go for more than that. And essentially, this is where FSG could be quids in because we know of three bits, three interests. If they're all serious and they're all given a bit of a green light to do the due diligence and stuff, 
this is where you could end up with a bidding war and this is where you've got to be careful as fans because they'll be PR central if, 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 if names are out there and they are in, interested in Liverpool this is where you end up down the Hicks and Gillette route a little bit you've got to be, this is where you've got to be wary is that there the, the could be false promises like I hope FSG do properly do their due diligence on this one it isn't just that guy's offered us the most money we'll go with that one because it's got to be legit whoever it is you know the American consortium could be dodgy the Germans you know the Middle East whatever it, that's where you can get yourselves into trouble where it just becomes like a PR so, well we're going to do this for you well we're going to buy an Mbappe well we're going to buy a new ground and Mbappe and you know there'll be a shovel in the stadium the ground and all we, we've been bitten before I suppose that's where the, you mentioned before but a little bit of pessimism that, that is nagging away There's, this could be ex- really exciting news Liverpool but there is that little nagging thing in the back of your head we've, we've kind of been here before and we've been bitten by it yeah we have and you know it gets me thinking more along the lines of why are we hearing about this why is David Lynch got the, the scoop on all of this type yep. of stuff why did Ornstein get it a few weeks ago to start a bidding war is the is the answer you know we know that FSG have kind of plugged those leaks in the football club and you know since the Virgil van Dijk incident and all that type of stuff and this is at a higher level mm. this is a boardroom level these discussions are happening I know they've got like your, your, your Goldman and Sachs and all them and types of people involved and links may come from there but you know to be able to hear of a German consortium an American consortium this guy a, a consortium from Saudi Arabia and Qatar that says to me that yeah the starting point is 3.2 and the reasons we've told you that there's three people interested is we want to drive that price up yeah. um, That that's what I'm looking at and hearing right now it's a bit like in between when, the lines yeah, it's a bit like when you know you're there of interest in your player and you put it out there oh yeah well we've had we've had Barcelona on the phone and they're willing to give it 100 because you're trying to get Real Madrid to give you 105 maybe it is, I don't know where these leaks are coming from it is interesting he, he, Dave were obviously very careful it, it, the Boston Globe sort of. thing was interesting because that nothing but positioning that well was, that's John Emery that's it he yeah, owns that place that, so he, that was, he, he controls that message I'm pretty sure the Boston Globe don't put a, an article out there that isn't about about their own than his football club that isn't triple fact checked by the boss himself you know it's not mean? by chance that within days of them positioning it through a PR statement in the Boston Globe that suddenly they've got three potential consortiums involved yep. and they've released it to people in the media to, as you say to, to stoke up a hornet's nest type of thing and get potential other suitors involved it's it's just clever positioning isn't it a- ahead of a sale so. I think so yeah I think it's got to be hasn't it I think you know you want more people involved um, and yeah. I think I think that Manchester United came out because Liverpool yeah. were up for sale I, I think I, Liverpool got up for sale because they realised how much hey, how much Chelsea went for and the collapse of the Super League thing. There's, it all, there's yeah. dominoes that are falling, you're right. It, it, it's, it's easy, we should be excited. I think there's just a genuine room to be excited about it. You know, Liverpool could end up with an owner who's, who's just the best and buys all the boss players. But uh, I do I do sense, like, an unease about it. And so, again, but until we get names, it's hard. To, you know, it could be that this could be just a really rich guy who just loves footy. It could be, you know, we don't, in all in all three parties, we just don't know the reason behind mm. it. Are you doing it as a money-making thing? Because I saw this, Chris, and I want to speak on this one. When the American consortium interest came out, I was live on YouTube, we'll talk about it, and a lot of people in the chat were like, just don't want Americans again. Just don't want just don't want Americans again. And I was like, well, yeah, Liverpool's last two owners have been Americans. One of them were really, really bad, and one were really, really good. You know, we got accused of tarring an entire country or population with with one brush when we were talking about state ownership and that wasn't the case at all there are good people and bad people in every in everywhere it feels like 
it might just be a boss American. Like, why are people? Why do you think? Do you think it is just because people were really annoyed by Hicks and Gillette? There's obviously a clear now. There's people who just don't like FSG. The fact that there was this like a lot of anti-American sentiment when we don't even know who these guys are. Well, I don't think it comes to down me. to the people. I don't think it comes down to that in any way, shape, or form. I think a large proportion of Liverpool fans want to be able to compete with state-owned football clubs, and and that's their opinion, and they're entitled to it. I am not one of those, but I understand why they want to do that. They want to compete at the top for years and years and years. I want to compete at the top for years and years and years as well. There's just different ways that you can compete at the top. You know, it might be more likely that over the next 10 to 15 years, the only way you can compete at the top is the way that I don't want to go. It might That might just be the way that it is. Football might move on, you know, and, and it might not be for me anymore. You know, it happens to all of us. It happens to all of our fathers. It, it gets you eventually, doesn't it? Gareth Roberts did an absolutely brilliant piece uh, for This Is Anfield the other week on something. You know, I'm not there yet. I'm not there by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, there are certain things that have changed. This isn't the sport that I fell in love with when I was no. a young lad. You know, you didn't think about the owners of the football club. You didn't think about, you know, how you were going to be treated at a European Cup final away from home and all that type of stuff. There was, There's just a lot more stuff now in the life shining pretty hard on football as a spectacle um, and it's not always nice to see the magic of watching the team is what sometimes you know what is able still to get me through 100% money at some point undermines everything doesn't it yeah and it does and that's kind of what it is look PSG at some point are going to get back together and win a European Cup Manchester City are going to get back together and win a European Cup Newcastle are going to be a Champions, Newcastle League, Club. Be a Champions League Club you know it's going to be very difficult to break the upper echelons of European football without state ownership so I understand why people want that I'm not willing to sacrifice my morals and my standards for that. You know, I still believe that you can get it done the right way, and FSG have done it the right way. But when it comes down to Saudi, or it comes down to Qatar, or it comes down to America, we're looking at it all wrong. It's not the country, it's not the people of the country, it's the person who buys the football and club. This round, that, this and that's round, exactly what correct. you were yeah, just yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, like yeah, leaning yeah. towards. That's, that's we had a bad owner, bad ownership, Hicks and Gillette, two people. We've had good owners, FSG. That's it's the people who are the owners, not the country. So you can have a good Qatari owner who's a private investor. You really can, as long as there's a good person there with no state ownership who's not trying to sport watch. You can have good ownerships there. I've not seen it yet. But then I don't know all owners of all football clubs, and that's the thing, isn't it? I does feel like we, yeah, it just becomes like a country. These are just fellas or women; they're just people. Like there's no billionaires, and they are, you know, they've got to where they've got because whatever for whatever reason they've got there. For this is the thing; it does feel like yeah, you've got to be careful. Like oh, there's an American ownership, there's an American interest in Liverpool. Well, like America, like half of what was it five hundred million plus people live in America. It's one group of people or a couple of people. It does feel like a lot. Again, you've got a. You, you got to judge when when the names eventually do call to whoever they are. I think just based on where they're from and and listen, like whether they're from the Middle East, Germany, America, don't, it's kind of irrelevant, really. You got to just drill down on them and look into it. Not just you could look at the three groups of people that are named right, and the German could be the bad guy, exactly, and the and the Qatar consortium could be the good guys. Yeah, and vice versa. It could, I, be, anything, it could yeah. be any way around. I think it's very easy. It's it's. Oh. We're in really dangerous territory at the moment about tarring entire nations with a brush when that's not right. Yeah. So what's happened with the Americans, my belief is what's happened with the American side of it and why we tar with, a, with one brush everybody is that you look at the three high-profile American deals with Liverpool and Man United. Gillette and Hicks was a mess, we know that. <clears throat> it cost us our football club. FSG have done this for, for a return on investment. We know that, we've accepted it, but we've benefited from that. And then you look down the uh, East Langs and look at Manchester United, 
they've done that for money. They take shareholders' state uh, out every single year. They've got a £600 million loan that they're not touched in terms of repayments. There's a perception, a muddled perception out there that all Americans want to do is earn money out of your football club, and that might not be the case. Some of the guys that have been linked with the, with the, the football club are guys that are sports fans, and they may... At this stage, at three to four billion pounds, you have to look at Liverpool Football Club and say, where is the next raft of improvement in terms of what it's worth? Where does that come from? Because it, it's ceiling and it'll never go any further than that. And then you're buying it for the kudos of buying it, and because you've got so much money, you don't know what to you don't know what to do with it. So you invest in a football club, for, and for that's <laughs> that's been a bit naive. Saying people would do that, of course they want something. Nobody puts four billion pound into something they don't get anything in return. But I think the football fans, as a rule, have, have got a muddled perception that all American owners want to do is make a few quid and then get out. Some and might, a, and some might not. And we've seen that. Yeah. And, we, and, and, and if we've been uh, clinical about it, that's exactly what FSG are doing. Yeah. But along the journey that they've been with us, look at Anfield, look at AXA, look at the players, look at the trophy cabinets, there's lots of positives that have come out of that. They've gone about it the right way, whereas Man United haven't. Yeah. And, and our fans are thinking, that's absolutely what we do not want. We don't want Glazers Mark II. So they've, they've tainted the vision of American ownerships by looking at three examples. Right. I, I suppose, like, and this is the one where, this, going back to what we were saying before, Chris, as well, is that it, 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 we have to talk about it. I'd just rather be talking about the lads on the footy pitch. Again, the, the World Cup stuff being as well, like, if there were matches being played for the Liverpool, it might take more of a back bit, but this is, this is the main story now. It just feels like, like I say, and I was... I was listening to Dave again on speaking to Paul, and he said like FSG in no rush. He, he mentioned that one consortium or one group came in and were like, "Right, we'd like to get this done by Christmas." He says, and they were like, "Well, that's not that's unrealistic." I think it was his quote, "They're in no rush." Why this isn't Chelsea fire sale? Because that was a whole different reason why that football club got sold. FSG, they don't need to just you know they're not skint. You know, they're not just they're not going to lose money by getting, it's not a fire sale. They've got all the time in the world. I mentioned before the wheels are turning. It feels like the interest is there, but like. Again, there's no guarantee that we get to the summer and this is all done. It could it could be something that wrangles on, I suppose. My question on the back of that is, mate, is like, at what point does this become an issue on the field, like in terms of like distractions and like that? Because we saw at Newcastle again, Mike Ashley's investment in Newcastle, he just pulled the plug, and it had a massive on. It took ages for their sales to go. There was bids and bids and bids, and then there was government blocking it, and it took a long old time, like. At some point, my worry would be this affects the manager, his, ab- his ability to sign players or sell players or get lads on wage contracts or whatever, or or basically just becomes a distraction. He's asked about it in every press conference. I suppose that is the that is that is on the table that could happen realistically, which is a, a bit of a concern. <sighs> yeah, potentially. Um, the manager coming out and saying already, basically, or alluding to the fact that he's going to stay regardless, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, and there's your there's your continuity. I think that we as Liverpool fans needed and players needed. I think FSG coming out with the line of its business as usual, whether it's you're taking it with a pinch of salt or not, is a good thing. You know, um, in terms of it, it, it buys us some time. Um, the more concerning thing for me at the moment isn't the the you know Liverpool might be up for sale and what the future holds and what that means to our short term medium term. It's that we haven't got the people there who've been doing the job of signing the players anyway. You know, in terms of well, Julian Ward won't be there. You know, um, <laughs> the, all the people in the in behind the scenes look to have been moving on. So that's the difficult thing that I think Liverpool have to get over first and foremost. So that's. That's the biggest problem. If it drags on for a year or two years and then you start to see 
an even more lack of investment in terms of transfers, then you've got massive concerns. But, for example, if this wrangles on, and as an example, we signed Jude Bellingham in January, I don't think anyone's going to have any concerns. If we don't sign somebody like a Jude Bellingham in January, or we don't sign someone like a Jude Bellingham in the summer, and nobody's brought through the door, then the concerns are clear as day. Yeah, and supposedly the, the flip side is, I think it's Jamelia in the chat, he says, FSC might need to invest, otherwise the value of the club is going to plummet. And that's right. If they don't, if they think, you know, the club's worth more than the pool playing Champions League footy next year, that's just a fact. Because there's a, there's a guaranteed revenue stream of X amount coming in. On the grand scale of things, that's huge because you, you, we've seen before. Like, so it might be, yeah, we, we might need to, we might need to invest. It might not be Jude Bellingham, for example, it could be anyone. We need to do something to make sure we get top four as well. But on the flip side, we've seen with other owners, well, we're selling up. Why are we cashing in? The, the the noise coming out of Liverpool and the reports and the, and the, the leaks or whatever you call it, the briefings are, it's business as usual, we're going to just crack on, as, we're going to crack on because this might, this might be something that takes ages, so we're going to do what, what that means. The flip side of that is, well, they're under-investing in the summer anyway, so mm. like, and the reason that people were desperate for sales because they're not quite sure the FSG model is, is ready to compete with your cities and, and your PSGs and your Madrids and stuff. Again, that, that, that all intertwines into this feeling of, of unease, really. Are we are we going to be successful carrying on with the FSG model when it's essentially sell to buy, which we, it's been all right because we've won, but like we haven't sold anyone, so who are we buying? And then yeah, well the team's now eighth in the Premier League and we're, we're never mind trying to win a title. We've got to try and come fourth. It, it's just it's a bit of a messy situation that we found ourselves in, and it, it, it goes both ways. When we get to January, do we want to just FSG continue being FSG? Actually, we don't. We want FSG to do something they've never done before. Are they going to be willing to do something they've not really done before when they're about to sell the club? It does feel like it's, it's strange. Well, that card could be linked to why they're trying to drive the price up because in January they've got to invest because could you imagine a world where we don't get Champions League and they're trying to sell the club? The value plummets like a rock, doesn't it? Yep. So I think it's a case of do some investments in January. They're probably already uh, legislated for it in the accounts anyway for some sort of investments at January. But what does more damage to your football club spending 100, 120 million on a player or missing out in Champions League football? Because you try telling your new owner, well, you can have it, but the 150 to 200 million pound that might come from a successful Champions League run isn't going to be in the coffers. It changes the conversation. And also the gravitas it? of the football club. Exactly. I, going from owning a Champions League football club to owning a Europa League football club, you're, you're talking about some of this, Chris, might just be a bit of a bollocks on the table. I'm, I'm the big man, I want to own a footy club kind of conversations. You, to do that, you want to own the best. You know what I mean? You don't go out and you know, if, you're, if you're interested in sport cars and you're a billionaire, you're going to buy the best one. You don't buy the fifth best one or the eighth best one. You're going to get the best one. If Liverpool are a Champions League football club, they are then not not not, not listen. People, some of them would still buy us, of course, but slightly less of a of a proposition for maybe one or two owners who are doing this purely as a, a vanity project, perhaps. I'll give you an, a real world example from something of my past. Um, I once worked for a very 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 rich person who. Um, I'm going to try and do it without naming names and giving things away. Uh, I had a £50 million development. Um, before it launched, uh, a lot of the companies that were moving into this development decided to pull out because a massive brand decided to pull out of the development. So the fella decided to spend another million, million and a half pounds on putting his own unit in there in an industry that he didn't understand to prove footfall. This is what the levels are that you know happen at the at this type of thing. So he decided to create a a, a, a business um, in this development that proved footfall for another million and a half. He spun it. He spun the wheel. 
He proved the footfall. All the brands jumped back in. His £50 million development is completely full and has been for the last 15 years. Right? By spending another million and a half. Me, I make a bad mistake. I don't put more money in. But Liverpool Football Club are in the same position almost. We're talking £100 million for winning the Champions League. You've got to be in it to win it for a start. Mm. We're talking £100 million for a player. You're losing £100 million one way or the other if you don't make Champions League. Buy you may asset. as well buy the player you start and then you get future-proofing your, your, yeah, your, your gains. Yeah, and also he's an asset. He's part of your. He's part of this. The, when you sell the club, he's that player's part of it. It'll be fascinating to how, how this all pans out. I suppose need to to wrap up. Then, like I say, I've got the sense now that these Chris made a great point for why are we getting this now? Why not so much the Orsley one because that could have been him just doing a bit of digging on like banks and stuff. But when name not names of people but like. It came across the Ornstein one that FSG was surprised by the statement because it was yeah. just a repeat of a statement that's been put out. Exactly. This ago. D- D- David's uh, scoop that he got the other day on Sunday and go and check it out, by the way, go and read it, go and find it. I think it's at DM Lynch. Go and read go and go on his profiles and read the whole the article. It's really good. And like I say, if you want to listen to him speaking to Paul as well on Red Men Plus, do so. Um on the back of it's come out for a reason, so you're right. It's whether it's the I don't think it's from Liverpool, I'll be honest. I'm not sure what Liverpool it might be, but I don't think it is. It feels like these consortiums are already just trying to get fans on side. Just trying to trying to get the the momentum stirred. Of right, let's get this going. Let's get this going. Don't let FSG take ages on this one. Start staring the pot. That was my personal sense of why all this is happening now. I don't know if you agree, disagree. Yeah, I'd agree. It's all about. I think this this financial recession thing's got to come into people's thoughts, hasn't it? You talk about the value of the football club. FSG will have one eye on the markets, thinking now is the optimum time. This could be the highest this football club's uh, value is going to be for two or three years from now. So they'll be encouraging conversations and they'll be encouraging press releases from consortiums and a bit of bit of you know speculation because it, it gets them to where the end goal, which is what they want to get to. For me, I think we find out where we're at when they want us to know. We'll probably only find out someone's doing due diligence when they're doing it. The German thing seems to be the furthest down the line. They might be on on the verge of going into a due diligence period. More than one potential buyer can do due diligence at one time, and I think that's FSG's goal to get as many people sort of really invested in what it might look like now. Get it done now, uh, with the view to getting it gone. As Steve said, you're quite right. Potentially before the summer. Mm. Yeah, and it could be from both sides. It could be from Liverpool. It could be the consortium side. It could be let's test the water of the fan base type of stuff as well. It could be can we can we put our not names out there, but can we talk about our bids such that we're testing the water of what the fans think of it, but also can the fans that will the fans start to put a little bit of pressure on to the owners of the actual football club? There's loads of different ways that it could work in somebody's favours. We don't play for the chess with these guys these guys are fucking billionaires for yeah. a reason like we're, we're, we're not we're, we'll understand when we're supposed to understand and that's probably about it yeah it's weird and this is where the PR stuff's going to come in there's going to be lots of this like people leaking stories out you'll hear a name at some point and it might be a rival's heard that this guy's interested so let's throw his name out there and get all the attention over on him so we can do this over here it's all it's going to be it is going to be messy it is we're, we're going to have to just accept that but yeah I think the fact remains now just to put a bow on it stays like I think the, the story that John Emery about the partial sale in the in the Boston Globe, I think I think we can knock that on the head. I don't think they're interested in a partial sale at all. I think they want to sell up and they think they want to go. I think that was the call out the people who've got an eye on buying the, the club as an entire 
purchase as opposed to investment. What does investment give us? It gives us a minority shareholder who puts, let's say, buys 30% of the club for a billion pound. He's then not going to say, right, use 200 million and that to go and buy players because he's not the majority shareholder and he doesn't decide what happens with the football club. So doesn't benefit us, it doesn't benefit FSG, it is an entire sale, as I said before, I think it's just a clever piece of PR positioning to say, do you know what, you guys haven't come to the table with your, with your consortiums and your bid, so we might talk to some people about some small smaller investments, and if you do that, buying the clubs off the table, so you're calling people out in essence, aren't you? Mm. It's, do you know what's interesting? It's just to play devil's advocate on this, because I do, I do actually, I do agree with you. Stay on that. Um, that is probably not the best interest of FSG or the football club. But uh, there, there was a rumbling about a week or so ago of a path to full ownership, which I could kind of understand putting myself in FSG shoes there. If you start off with 30% and over the next few years you wind up to be the majority shareholder of the football club. If they had a glaze, you've got all the United doing it step by step. And then you have to I, I think it happens. Out. I think it happens quite often, doesn't it? Now, I don't know what that would mean in t- for Liverpool Football Club, but if FSG, for example, and again, I'm not saying this is what will happen, I, I don't, I'm just saying that this might be an, might be an option for them. The, the one big thing is Liverpool's probably at its top value right now. I think you mentioned that before, Steen. I think that's spot on. Um, global recession, et cetera, et cetera. Little bit concerned. Billion pounds might help them through a global recession if you think Liverpool Football Club could come out on the other side of it stronger. What happens with the television rights for Liverpool? Do Liverpool get to sell their own television rights at some point down the line? Because that's the only way I conceivably see that Liverpool goes up in value considerably from what it is now. It might be a bit more of a long-term plan. If you have a, let's say, 40% ownership when that happens, you might actually still get close to your three billion quid Mm -hmm. just for your 40% when Liverpool can start selling their own television revenues or selling their own television service and live games and all that type of stuff. So there is something a little way down the line where the bubble might not be about to burst if you can get through the recession. The billion pounds, let's say, gives you... time to get through the recession and then when the television right shapes shakes itself out you might be in a really good position in a few years where your minority shareholding is actually worth what the club's worth yeah 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 absolutely yeah. I mean I, see how it all I, I, don't, I don't think I think that's right fucking mad out there type no, it shout, makes, it makes sense like, it does make sense I suppose I get the sense though my, my general thing is the uh, I've got a feeling FSG you've got to rely on something else so go and take your three billion or four billion or whatever you end up getting for it. Spend a billion of that on X or two billion of it on it's, the it's, on the Washington Commanders or whatever it's going to get you or know, whoever or an NBA team or something, and then you go again because they've done. They, this is what they want to do with Liverpool. They bought a distressed asset. They they wisely got invested. They got the best people in place. They got the manager. Listen, and, and they did this by the way without spending tons of their own money. Mm. They generate. They made Liverpool generate more money themselves and spent that, which is really good business. And also people, the rules. Yeah, yeah. quite <laughs> often. Yeah, yeah. Kind of people like, seem to forget this. What you meant to, yeah, yeah. It's actually the fucking rules. It's what you're meant to do. There's no yeah. way to pan out that way because you're just <laughs> a shame no one else. Yeah, yeah that's the way. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool follow the rules in a, in a way where no one else does, I suppose. But. They've done exactly. They, they, their plans are almost complete. Yeah. They've, they're at final level. We took a three hundred million pound. We whatever we spent on it, we've hired the best people. We've got the best manager in place, which helps because I'm not sure many managers could have done what he did no. with the budget we've got. So that was a big, big plus for them. People always say, "Oh, they got lucky with Klopp." Well, 
if you hire the right person, I'm not sure that's luck. I think that you're doing well on hi- in your hiring process. I've been through processes where we've got the exact right people, and I've been through processes in other companies where we've got the wrong people, and it can fuck you up. And it's your, you should take the blame when it's wrong, yeah, and you yeah. should take the credit when it's right. So you've got the right man in place. They developed it. They've got everything going, and now this is the this is the end game. We've just said we've. Turn Liverpool from a three hundred million pound company into a three billion pound company. We can go. I don't really see the point of them hanging around anymore because they're an investment firm. They're not here. They don't love Liverpool. They're not. They never have really. They've, they've been no, the they, businessmen, and their objectives are complete. There's there's no reason for them now not to not to sell. So that's why I don't get the partial ownership thing. I agree. And at some point, you know, make a mad word where we are FSG having a conversation at that top level, and the three of us are making the decisions. And you look at it and say, that's topped out. That's topped out. That's not going any further. We can't get any more out of that. Let's sell it. Let's buy that Washington NFL team and let's let's rescue them and make them the best. And we do it again. And then and then beyond that, what what can we do there? Investment companies buy distressed companies, build them and sell them, build them and sell them, build them and sell them. It's quite unusual for someone to hang on to something that's topped out for so long before you think. Well, we we know we know how to do it. The blueprints there, the templates there. We know what we're doing. Let's go and do it again. Mm. And and that that's got to be their appeal for them. They're just capital, you know, in about capital growth, investment, and then capital. So, yeah, I think I think the time has come. Someone sat around the table and said, "Now is the time to look at other ventures." Yeah, I think you're right. It was the centerpiece of their portfolio, but could you imagine an American investment company with an NFL franchise sitting front and centre of their their portfolio? Could you already own the Red Sox? They've also got the Penguins, haven't they? And they've got a few other investments. Yet. It might be that they just focus solely on America now and, and would make sense, I suppose, as well, given the way the global financial focus on what you know kind of thing as well, rather than being spread out all over the world. We'll show it all pans out right then. That's it. We'll leave that one there for now. Like, if anything more comes, we'll always do. We do live shows, by the way, every night, Sunday through Thursday on YouTube. Um, so if anything breaks during the day, it always gets brought up in that show. Tonight's show, for those listening on Tuesday or watching on Tuesday, uh, is Chris Page. He'll be live on YouTube at 9pm tonight. I did yesterday's show. Paul did Sunday show, Chloe's on Wednesday, and then Paul's back on the Thursday. So yeah, we've got we've got you covered. So if anything happens, any articles break, any news, any tweets and that, we've always got someone around. So yeah, do come and check it out live on YouTube at 9pm. If you're a podcast listener, you don't get to involve in the YouTube stuff, fair enough to you. Uh, about 8pm-ish, we'll do a little wrap-up of those stories as well and put that out on the free podcast services. So just yeah, the, the one that you're listening to this now on pretty much, we'll be in there as well just to give a little round-up. So you'll never miss any news, or more importantly, our opinions on the news if that's what you're interested in because, yeah, hopefully you are Redmond fans. Otherwise, what are you doing here watching listening right now? Right then, before we move on, I want to start actually talking about the soccer, the soccer and the football, whatever you want to call it. I was getting very much American. Um, just a quick heads up on the World Cup and who knows... Fuck off! Why did you say soccer? It was funny. I'm back up American. No, no, it's fine. Whatever. People get really annoyed at that, don't they? I saw the other day the, the soccer ruse and someone was saying like they should be called the football ruse rather than the soccer ruse. I'm fine with it. Are you, it's fine. Are you not? You're not. It's football. Okay. Like, do, do me a favour. Get up on the, get up the badges of the MLS teams, please. Go on, get one badge up from the MLS team. I think by just the get just get it up. I will do that, but just let me know. Um, we did this before, and the audio went out when I brought my screen up, so I might not be able okay. to bring it up. But bring it up. MLS team logo badges, yeah. Okay, I've got the LA Galaxy. I've got I've got loads of them. What okay, go on, put them on the screen so I can see. Just be yeah, pull one of them up, just big so that we can see it. Just be wary that the audio might go off. Right, go on, pick, pick pick one of those top ones, any of them. Right, get let's get it big. Giant. Right, zoom in. Oh, that's one worse. Okay, scroll down. 
Um, FC. FC Dallas. What do you think the F stands for in FC Dallas? Football Club Dallas? Any more there? Sounders, Seattle Sounders FC, Toronto FC, okay. New York City Football Club. Okay, right. Sound. Debate settled by the Americans themselves. <laughs> Fucking hell. Are you kidding me? It was just a worker. Are you kidding me? Look at them. They, they don't even call their football <laughs> clubs. Soccer clubs. They no. call them football clubs. They do. Sorry, Chris. What are they doing? <laughs> at least have the courage of your own convictions. We had Soccer AM and we had Soccer Sat. There's Clarence, uh, just a, just a, a, a balance of interest. We did, and I don't, I don't back them. Football AM <laughs> and Football Saturday. That's what it was. <laughs> Jeff Stelling, get your branding sorted, son. Get your branding sorted, son. But they then, do not speak for me. I was. It was. It was going to be my transition into the World Cup chat very, very quickly. We are playing this week. Um, the podcast is sponsored by Who Knows Wins. Last week we played along with the um, England versus Senegal game. Congratulations to MB111 he won 1250 pounds wow. for getting all 10 selections right in the England wow yeah, and, finished, and for his second five times as well have you no well, he did yeah. that guy did oh congratulations he's playing the long game congratulations to him go back to that one Chris this one no yeah we're going to be playing that in a moment I won 87p like 83p sorry I won 83p so yeah congratulations to me as well on that one um, this weekend we are playing the England versus France the World Cup quarter final pot Chris Page this is the first time I brought this to your attention that you're going to be playing this with us yeah so if you, Chris has already gone over to redmen.whoknowswins.com he's found the England versus France game <laughs> yes, on the channel it's, it's very easy yeah two and a half grand pot if you get this one Ooh. right Hello, sunshine. Big old money. So do you want to go through it very quickly? That's a, yeah. What, what are you going to be picking? What, what are the categories? Let me know what you're doing. Okay. Full-time result, France. Both teams to score yes. Over two and a half goals, yes. Half-time result, France. Uh, England to have over four and a half corners, yes. France to have over six and a half, no. England to have over two and a half cards, no. France to have over one and a half, yes. England to have three and a half shots on target, yes. Harry Sane to, to score any time, no. Sorted. Sorted. So basically, you're, you're having England knocked out. 3-1. 3-1 no Harry Kane goal who scores England is it, is it Liverpool's Jude Bellingham getting the, getting the consolation goal for you there I think I think Rashford might start ok nice interesting one yeah interesting I've got a feeling I'm, when I do my I think England are going to lose to France as well I'm, 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 a lot of that's going to be similar to you I think I'm, I'm with you I I'd, think have Harry, I'd have done that I think Harry Kane will score that might be one that'll change on I think he will score I think he, he's, like, he's like a hot street strike he got one the other day I think that might work out for me if you want to come and play along with me Chris, Paul you going to play? Yeah, I'll have a go. Steve's going to be involved in the pot as well. Yeah, get involved. Redmen.whoknowswins.com. If you're listening, if you're watching this, there's a QR code. There, there it is. You can just scan that and get involved as well. Like I say, 18 plus and UK only. And if you're not a gambler, Sam, it's not for you. If you're someone who likes getting involved in these kind of things, make the games more interesting, then you feel free to get yourselves in as well. There are pots on every single World Cup game. So if you like playing along with the game, a bit of fun, uh, keep it interesting in all the games as well. You, you can go, you can certainly do that. But like I say, be responsible, and if it's not for you, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, Redmen or who knows wins.com. Keep an eye on our socials as well. We'll put the full list out when me, Paul, and Chris have decided. You've just seen Chris is there, but man and Paul will be on there as well. Yeah, if you want to come and play along with us, do do so, and we'll check in next week to see who done the best out of the Redmen bunch on that one. I mean, my 80, my 83p has just won. I feel like that was like not a great win, but I'll take it. Okay, you do that. You're confident? I'm confident I'm going to win it all. 
take two, it all out. Two and a half grand. The big bag. Yeah, I'm with you. you, you you're <laughs> so, don't want, I'm interested in the 83 piece, Steve. Oh, I'm interested in, surely interested in the, in the two and a half grand. Yeah, that's like, thanks very much. Then, right then, let's talk about some football that people have flown to Dubai for their training camps. The 33 man squad's gone, all the big guns who are in the World Cup. Everyone's gone, even the injured lads, Jota and Arthur are there just for a bit of morale. You might as well, if you're going to do your rehab, you might as well go and do it in, yeah. uh, in Dubai rather than hanging around Kirby. It's freezing. Why not? It's freezing. It's going to snow at the weekend. It is baltically cold here, so yeah, good luck for them. Though. I want to focus on one man in particular, uh, Luis Diaz. Apologies to those people who've heard me say this story a few times now on various shows, but I bumped into Luis Diaz at the accident a couple of weeks ago when I was there for the foundation event, and he looked, and he, I think I'm allowed to say this now. Um, I wasn't allowed to take no photos or nothing like that, but he was in the gym and he just looked like a lad who's in the gym. There was no, int- no, he just needed look any like he just looked like a lad who's ready to go. Um, it's been reported since that Luis Diaz is pretty much that he looks like he's ready to go. Um, that's huge because when he got that injury, everyone, everyone, oh, he won't play before the World Cup. If, 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 he'd miss the World if, if Colombia would have qualified, he'd have missed that. That's how bad it was. That starts getting you thinking more like down the Jota route. Are you thinking, is he going to miss January? Is it going to be January training and then he's back for February before we know it? He's missed the 18 games that we play between Christmas and January mm. 31st or whatever. It's huge that he's back. It's, yeah, honestly, it's mad. <laughs> it's huge that he's back. Oh yeah, you know, options again, isn't it? And we can then afford to rotate who plays through the middle um, because of how things have been. We've tried to play Darwin off the left and that's worked to some degree and we've played Bobby through the centre and that's worked to some degree but but we bought Diaz because he's electric down that left-hand side and what it does give us, in a world where we would play Salah, Nunes and Diaz, the transition is absolutely insane, isn't it? So, you know, from set pieces against us, we would be absolutely lethal. It would be like a throwback to the days when all Bobby did was get the ball and feed it into the channels and, 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 and Mo and Sadio just destroyed people and you get all that back. And I think I think Luis Diaz just loves playing football. So, you know, the strengthening and conditioning he's been doing and now he's training with the team in, in Dubai, which is really cool. Um, he'd be itching to get back on the pitch and play, won't he? I think one of the things we lost when we lost Sadio Mane, Chris, was that like, this isn't disparaging other players here, but it was like, it always felt like Sadio Mane was the one who wanted to win most. And it, that might not be true, but you, that was the sense you got. And I kind of got with, that, with, with Lewis Diaz at the end of last season. There were games where it was like, no way, I'm not fucking losing this. I referenced the Tottenham game when he when he, he just he is just running his nuts off. We were getting battered by Napoli earlier this season, and he's the one trying to chase balls Pass. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the earlier this season, yeah. We had, he comes on in Villarreal and is like, we are, I am not getting knocked out of the Champions League semi-final. That, again, I'd loved... We, we kind of forgot about him because when, when players get injured, they kind of they are just away for a bit. Even the game he got injured in, that Arsenal game, I'm, I'm half convinced. If I am, Liverpool probably would have got something out of that game if it wasn't for him going off because he was the best player. He was excellent. He's a high-level player coming back in. Like Whether he starts off the bench, whatever it is, it, we, we've looked at the lack of options recently. This is massive, like one of your best players back. And he's going to have to... You know, he's not going into that Man City League Cup game or the... The Villa game on Box Day cold. He's gonna have two friendlies and a training camp. It, it should be up to go. Like, should be really, really up for it. Yeah, we should see the best out of him as long as the injury's healed okay and everything. Because you know he's had that rest, hasn't he? Mm. You know, while he's been injured, to be able to go big for the rest of the season until we need him. And you know, for me, um, Liverpool found the way to get through, didn't they, to to the World Cup. Um, and you know we we did increase our form. We got better towards mm-hmm. the end of it. But Louis Diaz coming back in on that left hand side solidifies that that side of things. Um, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see the player that I think he's going to become this season because I think we were 
um, unfortunately stripped of that. You know, I think, you know, he was good last season. He started the season really well, but I thought always kind of thought that he was going to go up and going to start scoring more goals for yeah. us and having a bigger impact on games in terms of goals and assists. And that's the one thing that I think he needs to add to his game still. And I, I expect that to come now when he comes back. It felt like it was, it felt like it was coming as well. Didn't it? He yeah. was getting them. He was getting them. You're right. He, he, He's brilliant. Yeah. You know, until the area. And then the area, he was starting to struggle a little bit. His shooting wasn't quite there. He always felt like a guy. You know, we've had loads of them down the years. When you get one, they're going to get loads. Or when he gets a couple, he's going to yeah. get loads and going to get one week in, week out. You know, you see players who are, who are very streaky at times. You know, get a couple in a game, don't get any for a few games, get a couple in a game. Then you get players like Daniel Sturridge, when he was at his best for us, would just score one every single game. Yep. Still not quite get as many goals as Luis Suarez, but he just get one, probably the opening goal. Every single game, give you a head start. Diaz has got the feel of one of those kind of guys who's going to have an impact every single game for us if he can get that going, if he can get his shooting boots on for us. That's what I'm looking forward to see with him. On the flip side, we've obviously seen pre-World Cup, Darwin Nunes was out there playing mm. left wing. Um How's this? And obviously, Roberto Firmino's excelled centre forward. Now it's great to have options. It really is. But what it is going to mean? It's going to mean another type of player on the left hand side because Diaz and Nunes are both as completely opposite as you can get. Really, yeah. one wants to go in behind Nunes. One wants to come to get the ball off you, Luis Diaz. It does. If he is there again, it is going to change how we play because it felt like we just about got used to having Darwin out there and using his strengths, which were down the channel. You know, we, we I'll go back to the Southampton game with with Robbo the space was vacated because Darwin had made that run I don't think Lewis Diaz would ever do that he'd just want to get the ball off Andy Robbo it is going to be another change that we're going to have to get used to because they are, they are two completely massively different players could be a benefit because you could go horses for courses yeah, yeah. against that opposition we need this against them we need this but we're not going to see the, the pre-world couple of Liverpool if Lewis Diaz is on the pitch because he is just he, they are chalk and cheese him and Darwin he likes to come and get as you say come and get the ball and face you up and beat you whereas Nunes wants to run in behind you quite right Um on occasion, Nunes is so quick, he's got into the box. And we saw it, I saw it in one of the games in the World Cup, and there are no options because nobody can keep up with him. So, you know, Black running. Yeah, Luis Suarez didn't look, he was not as best, was he, in the World Cup? Exactly. Like. And it's great being able to run in behind people and certain teams, you will capitalise from that all day long. But, you know, you go, you go and play someone who's got a good right back. Let's say, for instance, Reese James was fit, and obviously he had his injury problems as well. That's not a player that's going to give you the opportunities of running behind him too often. Kyle Walker is another one that will do that. I think Kyle Walker struggles when you face him up and run at him rather than. Sad, they used to have Montoast. Exactly. Inside diagonal run used to kill Kyle Walker. And that's what Diaz will do. And that's why I think this game, the cup game against City, is really important that we go go with with quick transition. So I kind of would have expected to see Salah, Nunes, and, and Diaz. Diaz will face you up and he will twist you and he will turn you and that's Kyle Walker's like Achilles heel is that if you put the ball over the top it's a straight foot Kyle's race. Gonna win a race. He'll, he'll, he'll be there him and Nunes will be side to side and Walker's really physically strong as well um, so yeah horses for courses is a really really crucial point to stay and I think we'll see a lot of that and I also think yes it's great he's back but we should have done to play the role Bobby's going to play in the remainder of the season yeah. because that ability to, to have that 360 vision and give the ball to Thiago can then spot the, the runner or Harvey Elliott in space. There's, there's more to it, there's more layers to it than just what happens down the left-hand side. And, and as I say, horses for courses is about I, I, I like the idea of um, Nunes making those runs to the left-hand side. I've got no problem with that when Diaz is on the ball. 
Yeah. I think that, that, that changes the dynamic. It creates space in the centre for Diaz to run into. We can then bring Mo Salah into play. He yeah. can switch it out wide to Nunes. I think we're going to see Nunes down the left-hand side just as often when he as, plays central. At least until Jota's back as well. At least until Jota's back. No, I mean from a central position. Oh, right, okay. I mean he yeah, starts yeah, the yeah, nine, yeah, but he's going to pop up left-hand yeah, side. That's, yeah. where he, that's where he roams. And it's actually, if you think about it, it's not a space that Diaz goes into. <laughs> you know, Diaz goes inside exactly, all the time. so it, it kind of marries up really well. And then you've got Robbo raiding from left back as well, um, to give yeah. options there. I think that three could work really well together. It's not a concern for me in any way. I think it, it's made to work together. We're going to touch on the Robbo in a minute, actually, how it impacts him. But before I do, one thing that was made up a point, um, it was Jono. We need him back. There's no depth off the bench. Last season, Liverpool Football Club won matches off the bench because we had we had over five basically, didn't we? And, so either, either, if he started with Salah, Mane, Bobby, then off the bench, there you've, you, you had like Diaz was there for you, Jota might be there or whatever. Um, Divock was even on, was still attacking if he needs them. We haven't really had that. It's been whoever been the, whoever's been the front three was the front three this season. And if you were looking at a sub, you were maybe throwing Fabio Carvalho out there or Harvey Elliott might get moved or Curtis Jones would end up on that. I think Alex Oxley Chamberlain had the game up front, had the game right wing off the bench. That's not what you need. You're not going to win games really with that. You'd be shocked if you do. At least you've got four now. Yeah. So if you, if things aren't going well, there's always the thought. Well, at least we can throw Darwin on. Oh, oh, here we go. Let's get let's get Bobby on. Or let's get you know, Salah's probably going to play, but let's get Diaz on if we need them. Just psychologically, that is a boost because I think it's hard when you you know you you one nil down or you nil nil and you're looking at your bench going, who's going to score that goal? Because someone's yeah. going to have to. And I say. Fucking hell, there's not, there's not a lot of you. I reference Man United the way where you were looking at the bench going, bloody hell, we're in trouble here. Like, you know what I mean? We're half fit Bobby Firmino's running around and we've got, you know, we've got, we've got, we haven't got goals on that bench. We are going to have at least one player with a, with a goal scoring record on the bench. And when Jota comes back, hopefully February time, you've got two. It does, it's psychologically, I think that's a huge, huge benefit. Absolutely. And, you know, the players we have, the opposition, it's all about concentration and making the right runs at the right time and they tire and they, and, they, and they wear out during the game. And on 60, 65 minutes, if you're able to bring someone like Nunes on for Bobby... Nunes as a sub is, is Suddenly, flying. suddenly, you're that centre-half and you're thinking, I've been run ragged for an hour here, I'm done in, and they've just brought that on. Do you know, that's, that pace, that power, that willingness to run off my shoulder. I could do going off myself type of thing. Got half an hour of this now, um, so options is key. But early on in the season, we were we were we were down in a game, and the, the Liverpool are making a change. And you look at the telly, and he's bringing James Milner on, and I've got no problem with James Milner. What servants he's been to football, never mind Liverpool Football Club. But that's not a guy who's going to go and rescue you a game when you need it. Like you say, you look at your bench and you think, who's the difference maker? But there's too many times we did, we haven't had that. So get get. The four lads fit, like you're saying, and add Jota to it in February. You've got five players that most other teams would love to have in their squad. You can rotate. And with five fit, you, you can afford in certain games to give Salah a rest if needed. We can't do that at the moment. He has to play every game. Yeah. He's having a nice little rest now. We? I'm sure he'll be back at it very, very soon. Chris, I want to talk about Andy Robbo. You mentioned Robbo before. I think not having Lewis... Andy Robbo looked better when Lewis Diaz wasn't playing. It was my opinion of it. Because... Robbo's at his best when he can maraud and he's got space to go into and he just bombs on. It always feels like Luis Diaz just wants the ball off and I'll do that. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and I wonder. I thought we looked, we saw the best of Robbo when it was Darwin in front of him for, uh, just before the World Cup. That's uh, is that a concern to you at all? That or you're not, you're just not asked. No, um, I think you know it takes time for a partnership yes. to, to grow. First and foremost, I think last season we saw that it can work. Um, I think 
the the fact that Robbo was not at his best was more a tiredness thing than anything else for me. Okay. Um, I think when you saw him come out for a couple of weeks and come back in, yeah. that's also yes, it coincided with Darwin being ahead of him, but it also coincided with him just having a break. Um, so for me, that's that's more what the reasoning was than it being Darwin or Louis Diaz up front ahead of him. And so, to side bonus, the Jota February. Paul mentioned before he had to be shocked if he got the best out of Jota, given he's you know he had didn't have a pre-season, had two lengthy injuries yeah, yeah. now. The flip side on that one is, if he can get back to, and like don't, there's no need to rush him, but if he can get back, if he can get himself back for February, March, he could be one if he's 100%, and that's a huge caveat. Don't have to worry about resting him now. He hasn't played, he hasn't kicked the ball. Yeah, you know, he didn't go to the World Cup, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything. You could get, you could have, you could have March and April of Diogo Jota being Diogo Jota, provided he's fit and firing. Again, looking very glass half full. The glass half empty is, he's just knackered. Yeah. And he's full, and he just he can't get up to the level. But if he can get to the level, and he has come back from big injuries before and done all right, like could could work out well for Liverpool, right? We're just in, but here's this, here's another thing. When hopefully Liverpool are at a business end of the season, whether it's trying to win a cup or a, or a top four race or whatever it is, Jota could he still there's still a role to play for Diogo Jota in this, provided like I say, he can get his body right and and his head right as well. Well, we're going to play lots of games very quickly, so. It could be a real shot in the arm in terms of having fresh people available at a certain point in the season, in key games, at the business end of the season, if you like. So, um, yeah, hopefully come back. It does take a little while to get back up to full speed, sort of kind of like Joe Gomez-esque, that he doesn't come in on the first game back from injury and suddenly mm. go, yeah, he's back. He needs to find his way into games. So there'll be a few games you'll get an opportunity to play in to do that. So, you know, that you're right, Steve, you know, looking at March, April time when when all the prizes are handed out or you're certainly in a running for them, it would be great to have that that fifth body, a fresh one, the one that feels like my season starts now. Now I have to prove to myself and prove to these guys at the start of next season I'm your man because that would be the challenge for him. Um, really focused, really switched on. Could be You're right, it could be really, really good for us. Yeah, I can I so. give a, an outlandish opinion on this one? You can do whatever you want, Chris. Sure, sure. Um, I think he's playing for his future when he comes back. I think that's why we'll yeah. see the best out of him. There's two lads you can play left wing now and two lads you can play centre forwards. Yeah, and I think Bobby Firmino looks like there's going to be some kind of a contract offer there for him at some point. Yeah. Um, he's had two years that will have been completely disrupted by injury. Um, there's got to be concern about his fitness moving forwards. You've got to be able to string a few games together and have an impact on the football team because I don't think you have. Um, so quite frankly, since you know that first big injury, I think it's been tough sledding for him. Um, you know, basically missing three quarters of a season this year is not a good luck. Um, and you've got to find yourself a space in the team. You know, we're in danger, or he's in danger, I should say, of becoming an Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Dare I say it? Now I know this is outlandish. He's a much, I think, better and more integral part when he is fit and firing than Ox maybe ever was. But the team was different when Ox came back from his injuries, and we didn't play in quite the same way. You know, Jota. If now and Nunes and Diaz and Salah all hit the ground running when we come back and play brilliantly for three months, it's going to be very hard to break them up. Yeah. As a player, he's got to think, I need to break into that front three this season to make sure that I'm in the manager's plans for next season. Now, he's a brilliant footballer and I think that he can do that, but there are now concerns over his injuries for me. It's, it's not outlandish, is it? It's not it's got outlandish. To, no, no, I don't no. think that. It's got, it's got, I think I say, when he's been on the pitch and fit, he's been brilliant. And when we, you know, That first one we've got, he's unbelievable. But you're right, it's a bit Naby Caterish now. Is that, like, how many times can you injure? It's a year and a half. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And there's plenty, like I say, 
New owners are coming in. Are they going to, you know, is there, if, if they want if, if they do, do they want to splash forward signing that we'd all quite enjoy? At the moment, Jot is the one who you're like, oh well, Bobby's different because he is a contract thing, and you just you probably just keep him year by year. So, but yeah, you are right in saying Bobby's that. Bobby's got miles under the under the belt, hasn't he? And, and the experiences and the stories and the memories and things where we all say Bobby can stay for as long as it works for Bobby in the football club, and that's not really a conversation and nothing to worry about. You're not the first person in, in, in here alone that sat and said you, you genuinely have to look at Jota and think, are there concerns going forward? There like, are now. There has to be because you know, you, what is it, the, your best ava- your best ability is your availability. If you're not playing, you know, it doesn't matter. You can be the best footballer. You've got to get on the pitch. We've, we've had this with Naby. Naby's points per game and stuff is amazing when he plays. You've just got to play more. And It looks like Liverpool have run out of patience with him at one point they do. So you are right. I think I think Jota might have a bit more credit in the bank, but you are, I think it's fair to say like another one of these, another injury at season. It's like, oh my, yeah, it, it would start to become frustrating because he's, it's a bit like Jürgen's midfield options thing when he, he listed all his midfielders off. And it was like, yeah, but he's always injured. Yeah, but he's always injured. He's half fit. He gets injured a lot. He's injured a lot. You don't want to. We don't want to be there with the forwards. Touchwood, Mohamed Salah isn't, isn't in that mix. But like, and we haven't seen nothing from. Let's Nunes. not forget, we got really lucky when we had Salah, Firmino, and Mane because they just didn't get injured. Yeah, that's just so unusual, isn't it? Like, you know, Bobby can probably carry on, but he's not. He's he's past his peak, Bobby. As much as I love him. Analytically, he's not as good as he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, the, he's gone from, and that's why he's gone from first choice yeah. to second, yeah, third choice. Exactly. Yeah. Darwin Nunes has got an opportunity. Um, he's going to miss games through red cards by the looks of it more than maybe anything <laughs> right now because he just looks fucking wild. He is a bit angry. Um, Louis Diaz is obviously just coming back off an injury. Jot is out injured all the time. Salah's still the same Salah. We need to get it to a position where if we can't have three lads that stay fit all the time, we're going to need six lads because two of those lads are going to get injured by the looks like of the, things. The same as the midfield options, yeah. the fingers, you are right. Right then, guys, thank you very much. Um, just let you everyone listen or watch at home now. We are about to record podcast extra so if you never listen to podcast extra essentially it's, it's an extra top- podcast spoilers there you go it is that but it's it's it's, it's less football based it's more top I'm going to report branding now because it's pretty good the top secret uncensored red men show with the shit we possibly couldn't put on YouTube I think that's a very good example uh, spoilers I'm going to ask you guys what you think the, the term goblin mode means Don't goblin mode it was voted as the Oxford word of the year this year. I want to get... Go- goblin mode yeah find out in a bit we're going to ask no a, little bit about, a little bit of Christmas chat as well what it's like to be a parent and, and tons, tons more so yeah you... it's, it's two words right it's fine we'll get that they gave it the word of the year yeah We'll Which cross, one of them? Let's cross that bridge. Goblin right? or mode? Let's cross that bridge in podcast next. Okay, and there's tons, tons more, to, yeah. I don't... Okay. It's fine. Save it, yeah. It's two words that they've given word of the year. Yes. You're very pedantic, Chris. They should be. Yeah. It's a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> right. They've got nothing else to do. You are right, yeah. Thanks very much. Do come and join us on Podcast X. Like I say, check out who knows wins if you want to as well. And yeah, back next week when Paul's finished commentating on computer games, he might be in this gym. We'll find out. Until then, catch us on a bit, guys. See you. If you want more, an extra Red Men podcast each and every week, but you're unsure what the best platform for it, well, the best platform is, of course, redmenplus.com. But if you are absolutely married to Spotify, if you cannot live without Spotify in your life, you can get the Red Men Plus podcast there now. Simply search for us on there, sign up through there, and you'll be able to access all of the new weekly podcasts from Red Men Plus directly in your Spotify app. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? 
Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.